Assalamu alaikum, Ramadan Kareem, and welcome to the Habibi's podcast. Three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I'm your host, Osama Dorias. And I'm Rami Ismail and not having tea at the moment. I am not having tea either. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> so I lied basically in our intro. <laughs> it's um, These are always the hardest days. At least for me, I know some people say like you know the last days are harder. Some people say the first. For me, it's always the first days. But I agree. Um, Traditionally, it's always been the first three days. The first one, uh, uh, the second one is the hardest, actually. Right. Yeah. The first, the first day you go in and it's yeah. just like it's Ramadan. Let's go. Yes. It's new. It's novel. Uh, yes. Right. And then the second day is like, oh god, it, it hits you. Right. <laughs> Doesn't but it get harder near the end when you're like counting days to like, oh, yeah. I can't wait till I never have to do this again for another 11 months. <laughs> and, it's, and it's so weird because then you go like, oh, it's 11 months until the next one. And then it's like, it's Ramadan again. Yes, exactly. Like, it goes so fast a year in between. It's really strange. It, it doesn't make any sense at all. I absolutely agree. Uh, but I look forward to it every year. That's the crazy part is that mm-hmm. as soon as it's over, you're like, I'm so glad I, I went through that and I'm glad it's over. And right. then you're like, I can't wait for the next one. That come, the <laughs> feeling comes right afterwards. It's, um, I mean, there's always the, the things about Ramadan that makes me, that make me kind of nostalgic. And there's the things about Ramadan that make me nostalgic, but I don't like them that much. <laughs> um, you know, the feeling when you, when you wake up yeah. for suhoor. Yeah. But you're like definitely not awake yet, but you yeah. have to eat. Yes. I don't it, like that, but I, I somehow have fond memories of it because when as a kid I would grow I would wake up and my dad would be in the in the room. He'd be like, Rami, wake up. It's time for <laughs> it's, time, it's time for school. Uh, and I'm certain that he would be saying real sentences. It, like my brain would be like, Rami, the car is on the roof. Huh? <laughs> Hurry up. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah okay okay i'll be there i i know exactly that feeling i to be honest um i'm i'm not hungry during sahara time like i think many people are not i just kind of make myself eat something because i know i'd regret it later if i if right. i don't right so my favorite thing it's a horror time is leftovers from the iftar before if there are no leftovers i'm miserable in sahara time because i have to prepare something on top of like eating when i don't feel like eating it so i just generally i just scavenge i end up being like a, a grazer i just grab nuts or dates or right. whatever <laughs> I, I i know like for for my some of my family members because like my all, all my siblings are adults now um uh, they they actually prepare food at, at sahur time like they you know they'll they'll be on you know uh, in the kitchen with pans right. and pots and making things that's not me that's not my summer <laughs> experience at all <laughs> either I, warming uh, up leftovers or just like eating whatever's there I uh, I my, because I'm in the Netherlands. A lot of the foods that are traditionally sort of like suhoor, uh, breakfast, like early early day food in Ramadan, aren't necessarily available here. So my suhoor was always a little Dutch. Like I have like a boiled egg or two, mm-hmm. and like some bread, some cheese, some honey, uh, some dates, maybe a, a mm-hmm. like a muesli kind of thing, and a banana. Always a banana. Mm-hmm. I have to have a banana. I don't know why, but my dad convinced me that if I don't eat a banana, I'm going to regret it. Yeah, My mom used to have the same thing with bread. Like, you have to have bread in Sahur so you, you're full for the for the whole day. I don't know if, the, if there's science behind that, but I, I believe it because it's been ingrained <laughs> me forever. It's the kind of thing where nothing your parents say, you're entirely sure whether it's correct or an exaggeration. <laughs> exactly. But it works, so we're going to keep it. 
<laughs> for us, I think um, a typical suhoor would be very similar to like a regular Jordanian breakfast with like um, a lot of uh, Lebanon. You guys have that Lebanon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's very sour yogurt with like olive yes. oil, definitely some za'atar, which is like crushed thyme with yes. uh, sesame seeds, um, dates for sure. Yeah. Uh, a very specific type of pickles. Uh, you guys know makdous? I don't know. Oh, oh, you might, you might be in for a treat then. So makdous mm. is like, um, uh, is like, you know, baby eggplants oh. that are pickled, pickled and stuffed with uh, walnuts and chilies. Oh my god, that sounds delicious! It's wonderful. I, I love all yeah. those ingredients. <laughs> I've seen those, wonderful. but I dislike all those ingredients. Oh, so. I, I don't like eggplants. Yeah, I don't like eggplants. I love. Eggplants. But have you tried pickled eggplants though? That might that might change your mind. I, I also don't like pickled food. Oh, oh, okay. oh. I'm like I'm a, I'm a strange strange Arab. Not a huge fan. I'll eat them, but you know, okay. not my, a huge my fan of like, olives. No. <laughs> <laughs> really? I'm Listen, I'm gonna. If you're gonna keep asking these questions, I'm gonna get kicked out of the Habibis. Okay? Like, let's, <laughs> no, no. So my, my, my favorite my Arab, my Arab card gets revoked. Actually, my my, my favorite Iraqi pickled food um, is mango. We actually have pickled mangoes. Pickled mangoes. Pickled yes. Mango? And the Iraq? crazy thing in Iraq. Uh, look it up. I'm not making it up. So mm. I had it for years before I realized it was mango. i I thought it was its own thing but in a similar way that i didn't know pickles were pickled cucumbers i didn't know that either i didn't know that for many many years (laughs) blew my mind (laughs) blew my mind (laughs) i thought pickles were their own thing (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) and yeah <laughs> what does pickled mango taste Mom, like? I need to try that. It is so good. That's all I can tell you. Yes, you do need to try it. Is that a, is that also a different? Because I was just like, Mom, what does a pickle plant look like? And she just looked at me with like the, and just left that question. <laughs> so, but I'm now I'm wondering what a pickled mango plant would so, look like. We, we we call it like the the, the pickled ma- uh, mango. We call it amba. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't sound like mango at all. I just thought it was its own thing. It was much much later that we that I realized. Right. That. But you're right. I don't yeah. see the connection between mangoes and Iraq. I don't. I guess they're imported. Right. And I have it no idea. Does it grow naturally in Iraq? It doesn't sound like it does. It do- doesn't. I have. I wouldn't know. But I've had it pretty um, much every time I went to Iraq, and I've had it at home. Like my mom used to like make it. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, we have pickled grapes, um, but uh, it's not like you know the regular grape plants. It's like uh, it's when, when the grapes are not ripe at all, like very tiny grapes. We call it husrum, and it's mm. very, very, very bitter. Mm. There's actually uh, and it's and it's uh, pickled with like it's usually in the same jar as like you know cucumber pickles and um, radish pickles and olives. Mm. Like we we, we we like you know pickle all of these together with lemon, and then like it's usually like. A bunch of husram in there, which is like the the baby grapes. Wow. Very bitter, like acquired taste. Right. Um, but yeah, we actually like even have an Arabic saying, like um, uh, those who can't reach uh, grapes, they say yeah, it doesn't matter anyway. It's just husram. Which is like to say, like if, if, if you, you can't reach something, say like exactly. It's, it's, it was it was terrible to begin with. <laughs> I like it. So um, yeah, we didn't really plan it about talking about uh, Ramadan food now, huh? but uh, it kind of sort of happened. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of feel, I kind of feel bad because the people that are like 
some like the people that are fasting right now yeah. that are listening right now where yeah. it's like welcome to the podcast let's talk about food <laughs> what are we <laughs> doing it's pickled grapes I mean, so far so clearly. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so clearly next next we have to talk about drink now let's talk about ramadan actually i think i think that's a i think that would be a fun topic to just sort of like touch on i know there's a lot of people that are listening that no Ramadan, uh, you know, a, a lot of the audience is Muslims or Arabs or people from the Middle East. I also think there's a pretty big part of the of the community that isn't Muslim or isn't Arab or isn't from the model, Middle East that might not exactly know what Ramadan is. Shall we do that? Absolutely. Yeah, let's do And we can do okay. also so, our different twists because we've all had like different experiences with Ramadan as well. That's true. Cities. So it's not homogenous. It's not the same everywhere, right? Uh, as far as I know, I mean, the, the, the heart of Ramadan, I think, is pretty similar everywhere. But the mm-hmm. but then everything around it differs a lot. I mean, even in, in last episode where we just talked about it for a few minutes, uh, there were quite some differences. So the short version is Ramadan is the Muslim September. Islam uses a different calendar. So instead of the Gregorian calendar that we use that goes from January to December, Ramadan is the ninth month of the of the Muslim calendar. And that Muslim calendar is a lunar calendar. So mm. every new moon is a new month. That means that Ramadan is not at the same day every year in the Gregorian calendar. It actually has been moving. And, you know, Osama, I guess for you as well, when, when you were young, it was midwinter, right? Exactly. And it was a very right. short fast. <laughs> very short very nice. Yeah. The good old days. Yes. Right. <laughs> because during Ramadan, the, the idea is that a Muslim fasts from the first light of sun. I think the official definition is when you can tell your own shadow apart from the darkness mm-hmm. until the disk of the sun sets under the horizon. Mm-hmm. And those coincide with two prayer times for Muslims. But between those times, you're not allowed to eat, to drink, or to consume anything else. Mm-hmm. So but that, those two lines that you said, like when you can't tell your shadow apart and the disc of the sun, what, what was the second part? It's yeah, like uh, it's below the horizon. Yeah. It's below it's the horizon. This there needs to be two two lines in a puzzle game somewhere. So like right. you will solve this puzzle when you, when you can't tell your shadow from the this, this, this I, I think I think Breath of the Wild did period. that with one of the shrines already or something. Right. <laughs> probably probably an Assassin's Creed puzzle somewhere, right? <laughs> Beautifully said one. Right. The um the fast then progresses for the entire month. Yes. Uh, the entire Muslim month of Ramadan, which is about 28 to 30 days, if I'm not mistaken, usually. Um, 29 or 30 days, yeah. 29 or 30 days, yeah. Yes. It starts by seeing the crescent moon after the new moon, which is actually kind of a mess because you'd think we'd kind of agree on when Ramadan starts. <laughs> but yeah. in a good Muslim tradition, there is no centralized agreement on yeah. when Ramadan starts. Yeah. And that's so, actually historic too, because keep in mind mm-hmm. that what the first Ramadan that were practiced, the first fast that were practiced, people were in cities far away from each other. So even they didn't know if the other city was fasting or not. So everyone was kind of just like locally looking at the moon right. and deciding if they were going to fast. And then as travelers went by, they're like, oh, you're on your fifth day. We're on our fourth day. And it was just, okay, this is just how it is, right? 
Right. I love I love like you know the couple of uh, days or like oh, the week leading to Ramadan when it's like you know a conversation with everybody goes like so did they see it no okay yeah. they saw <laughs> they saw it in Saudi Arabia yes how come they can't see it here <laughs> everybody's talking about if they seen the moon or not yes <laughs> right uh, this year this year it was actually pretty uh, consistent across yeah. everybody. Um, I, yeah, we um, Egypt Egypt announced for um, because usually what will happen most countries have their own rules right Saudi Arabia for example there if anybody sees it they can go to their local like authority and then report that they've seen the moon and and testify that they've seen the moon and if it has been seen enough then they declare Ramadan exactly. well. In Egypt, it's a bunch of scientists, like theological scientists, that will go and check if they can see the moon. And if they don't see it, it's not Ramadan yet. And in other countries, they just use math. Yeah. There's like, okay, well, yeah, but math says the moon should be visible. I don't see it, but the math says it's there. Hmm. Um, every country has its own way of getting there. This year, they were pretty much in agreement. I know that a lot of South and, and West Asia is starting a day later. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, most of the world is starting on the same day, yeah, it's good. which is good. good. I mean, every every other year, it kind of it becomes more consistent. But we've had years where we've had three different start dates right. across the world because of different circumstances. And what, like you said, the different ways that people calculate it. Um, I mean, it's similar to prayer times because technically uh, the, fi- the, the Muslims who pray five times a day, um, it depends on where the sun is in the sky. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of them, a lot of Muslims, like the majority probably of the world at this point, they just don't look, they don't go outside and look at the sun anymore. They just like look right. for time and say, okay, the schedule says the sun should be there now. Um, so I think there's been a transition moving away. Right. From, um, there's an app for that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there is. There are several, there actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all great when it all starts at the same time. But when yes, it doesn't right. end at the same time, that's the problem. When you're like, you know, fasting for one or two more days and like you, get, you see like people in the news go like, oh, we're partying and we're eating whatever whatever we want. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I did just you, avoided uh, an F-bomb there. Did you? Did you, did you right. <laughs> the, um, do, do they also announce the start for you guys with this big television show? <laughs> In Egypt, there would always be this very strict, like just this very stern man, like the head of the religious sciences department, and would just sit there and just talk. And he would just talk and talk and talk. It's like, a, you know, when you're watching a talent show on television and they're at the finals and they have to call the winner and they talk for like 25 minutes before they actually <laughs> announce it. It feels like that every year. I'm just, as a kid, I remember just sitting there, just like, come on. Tell us, just tell us. Do it. Can I eat tomorrow or can I not eat tomorrow? <laughs> for, um, my memory for growing up is if unless like we we actually were part of the delegation that went to look at the crescent, which rarely ever happened, but it did happen. Sometimes we would go. Um, my memory was the mosque would change its answering machine to say it's Ramadan. And people would no. all call in at the same call time. In. But oh, you'd get oh. a busy signal for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes before you get a chance to hear the recording. And now, wow. now that's like we go on Facebook or on the like the, the like it transitioned like over, over the years. You get an email the mosque sends out. You just sign up to a mailing list. Uh, so yeah. maybe we don't have a TV show in North America for it. But, you know, it's something. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's, that's fun. We have um, the, the like I think in Jordan it's the eight o'clock news. 
Um, right. So like everybody would be gathering around at the eight o'clock news, and then like we we'll call each other. So did they? Is it? No, you know, yes. And then like that's, that's when we know it's finally happening. I mean, even if I'm not paying attention, I know it's Ramadan because my WhatsApp just blows up. <laughs> yeah, my WhatsApp just like it's just gone. It's uh, it's been, it's been ble- I had to turn off my phone for this recording because I'm pretty sure even if I put it on Do Not Disturb, my phone is going to go like, no, you got like 700 messages. We're going to bleep anyway. It's not that reliable though, so because you get like uh, a lot of those like you know Ramadan flowers coming in early, people go like, "Oh, it could right. to send me." It's like you know, it's next week, Dad, and it's like, "Yeah, yeah but it's it, you know the, the season." Right. <laughs> <laughs> they start getting those flowers early, so like they're not like now I know the general vicinity of when Ramadan is starting. Right. <laughs> not exactly from the WhatsApp messages. Of course, you you feel a mood change in people before it comes. Right. Out. Well, so. right yeah it's it's i mean it changes life for a month right it changes everything for a month so fast starts and then the fast is basically there's there's these two moments right when this when the shadow of your you can see your own shadow in the dark uh that coincides with uh feg prayer yeah um how we say it it's the same prayer <laughs> so many so many accents one episode we should do an accent like comparison or something uh, figure <laughs> out words uh before fegr we have a meal called suhoor which is basically breakfast um then you fast then you fast then you fast until the disc of the sun sets and at that point there is a prayer called maghrib mm-hmm. do you do you all pronounce that different maghrib same thing That's same. Okay. Maghrib, same okay. thing. okay okay, okay. Um, <laughs> and at that time there's a meal called iftar yeah. and between between iftar and suhoor you can eat drink do whatever you normally do it's just normal life but between between suhoor and iftar you fast yeah and that gets kind of silly uh i will say those two meals get kind of silly because they're they're these big i always feel i don't know if this is true for you but for me suhoor always feels very familiar like uh, familial, you yeah. do it with your family. Yes. And iftar feels for more communal. Yes, agreed. Right? So for us, it was frequently, suhoor was what I just, you know, what we just described where you're waking up and you're just like, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll come, I'll come <laughs> eat. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you get like yelled at to hydrate because you have to drink. The drinking mm-hmm. is the hardest part, obviously. Yes. And then uh, you fast. Yeah, I would go back to bed. Would you go back to bed? Was that was that allowed? Oh or? yeah, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yes. that's what everybody's doing. Right. Is the if you get really good, you can still be asleep when you go back to bed after you just eat real bad. You go back to bed and you're like, oh, yeah. my brain hasn't woken up yet, so I'm out again. And then you fast, and then iftar is usually more communal. Like people do that together. People will go out. People will go on the streets. People will visit each other. The first week, especially, like the first day yes. is usually like, like you know, being invited to somebody's, uh, like it's usually like the head of the family or like, you know, yes, the grandparents' exactly. place. Like the entire family gathers at, um, you know, the elder's house for like a big feast for the first iftar like the first iftar is a very big family thing right uh but it will also it will spill into the streets it will spill into like the busy streets it will spill into the mosques Mm -hmm. food food kind of spills everywhere although at the time of iftar it is (laughs) it is food 
It is the it is the time where people eat, and it's kind of you're kind of supposed to eat immediately. Uh, it's not a like okay at iftar I'll start driving home. No, it's like at iftar you you're supposed to be at home and eating. You know, like yes. we talked about how dangerous driving is um, in the Middle East. <laughs> it is it is twenty times more dangerous in the twenty minutes leading to the Maghrib uh, prayer start in Ramadan. It's like when everybody like if you're outside and you're rushing back to get home. It's yes. it's uh, it's a jungle out there. <laughs> so there's because everybody's like racing to go home because you know as soon as that cannon is popping, you need yep. to be at home ready to eat. You need to be at the dinner table staring at the feast for the past ten minutes and go like I can't wait till they give me the go the go ahead. Right. Did, did you also start with the date? Yes, that's the, uh, the yes. tradition. Is you start right. by eating yeah. the date. My my dad the date would and the soup. Yes, it, yeah. For us, it was shorbat adas. It was uh, lentil soup specifically. That's an yeah. Iraqi tradition. Wow, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. date and soup. But uh, if I'd reach for anything else, my dad would slap my hand. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you doing? It's not like I would do it intentionally. Sometimes other things look good, right? Right. <laughs> what my dad yeah. used to do is that you know, like the minute the uh, maghrib prayer starts, he would uh, smoke a cigarette and then drink a cup of coffee. <laughs> smoke a cigarette drink a cup of coffee then go to the mosque pray the maghrib prayer and then he will come Mm. back and have food he's like you know food secondary i don't care at this point i just have cigarette coffee then maybe some water yes (laughs) right (laughs) and then the prayer and then comes back and actually has amazing my my dad used to like he's he's quit for several years now but my dad used to be a a chain smoker as well and the same experience it's like he was he would have the date first i think that was the exception you'd have the date first but the cigarette came shortly afterwards but you could understand that for people who were who are smokers, smokers. like that's that's right. the hardest part for them by far not the food right. not the drink smoking really comes easy. smoking comes with living in the middle east sort of like like yes. almost everybody i know like um, uh, smoke i used to smoke like the, the the number of smokers was quite high and in ramadan it's like it brings out the worst of people especially the smokers and you can yeah. you can, right. see, yeah. you can yeah. see them all struggling uh, right, for sure. A positive thing I, I think about Ramadan um, uh, from a work uh, culture perspective is that uh, most companies, um, they change working hours in Ramadan. So in, mm-hmm. in Ramadan, companies, well, they usually would start 8.30 to 5.30, 6. Mm-hmm. Almost all companies work only from 10 to 3 with no lunch break. Right, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. uh, schools also have shortened hours. So like everything have shortened hours. And some countries, uh, maybe that changed, but definitely Saudi Arabia in the 80s and the early 90s, they used to just, you know, give the whole month off. <laughs> because like, you know what? We know it's not going to be productive. <laughs> Nobody's going to be right. <laughs> so like, why don't you just say, yeah, go home. <laughs> it's yeah, good. Right. Yeah. yeah, reduce working hours, restaurants stay open late. Like in yeah. in the Muslim world, in the countries that are like overwhelmingly or predominantly Muslim, uh the the life forms itself around Ramadan, right? Yeah. And all of these decorations will come out, like uh lights, uh phonies, these these decorative uh lanterns would come out in, in Egypt anyway. Um, there would be these specific TV shows, specific music. There would be these people that you'd never hear their songs except for during, during Ramadan. <laughs> and there would be there would be TV shows. There would be so many TV shows. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like Ramadan could, specific TV shows. You could draw a parallel to Christmas in in 
in the West. Like the the biggest difference, of course, being Ramadan is on a moving calendar. You know the the lunar right. calendar. But otherwise, you could draw parallels to how you know things stop generally, whether you're you're Christian or not. For Christmas, there's usually a week or two of no work. Uh, there's the Christmas music that plays in in malls or anything like that. Everywhere, so can, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like two months too 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 early. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are the, the 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 Christmas special movies that play on TV. Like you could you could draw parallels to that if you want to have an idea of what it feels like. But yeah, basically life adjusts around this very festive time. Also, Fozi, remember when we talked about the Masaharatira last week? Yeah. My my dad listened to the episode and he said, Rami, did you know that back in the days you would know the Masaharati that would walk through your neighborhood, right? Yeah. And True. you could pay them a little, and then they would, uh, then they would shout the name of your children as they walked by your house. <laughs> <laughs> no like, Rami, w- Rami, wake up! Rami, wake up! <laughs> a customizable, a customizable yeah, a custom- alarm clock. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant, uh, but yeah, That's you can hilarious. do that apparently. I thought that was very good. I don't know if you ever did that for us. But uh, he said it was possible. I was just going to say, like, I didn't celebrate Ramadans in Muslim countries. Uh, so I left when I was really young, when I left Iraq. And I've mm-hmm. been in Montreal since uh, the age of five. So I don't have the, the memories of those. But what I do remember is that my parents went the extra mile to make it feel extremely festive at our house. Like, our house always looked its best with all the decorations in Ramadan. Right. Uh, it smelled amazing. It was well lit. Like, you know, the, the smell of, like, the cooking that happened throughout the day, uh, but also just like ge- generally, I think my mom w- went around and sprayed perfume or something because it always like it felt and smelled and and looked really really good all the time. I loved Ramadan for that reason. I associated it with that, but I loved also going to the mosque at Maghrib time. Um, basically, the the they would have the the cut like it, it, depending on which mosque they would have different traditions because um oftentimes in in montreal especially you'd have mosques that are predominantly of one ethnicity or the next and sometimes exactly. they're mixed yeah and sometimes they're mixed depending on the neighborhood so you'd go to some uh like mosques for example that would have which would be predominantly uh pakistani and they would have the dates but they would have pakores which are like fried potato uh, t- uh, like seasoned potatoes, I think with eggs uh, and, and batter, and they and they would have oh. a, a samosa, and then they would have a glass of milk, um, right. and that would be like the the thing that they would give you before maghrib. So everyone would hear the adhan, the the call to yeah. prayer. They would sit down, eat for a minute or two, get up, pray, and then a meal would be served. And right. some people would stay for the meal. Other people had had plans, you know, iftar plans uh, elsewhere. Uh, one of my f- favorite uh, places that kind of mixed the both. Both. I, I don't know how common this would be in the Middle East, but in Montreal it was unique. Uh, there was a seafood restaurant um, which would be a short walking distance from the mosque. You would go to them, place your order, leave, go pray in the mosque, come back, and it would be ready for you when you came back. Oh, that's wow, good. That's it really was good. perfect. 
perfect. So Although, would, would people not hurry through their prayer if that was waiting for them? <laughs> you don't have a choice because you have to follow the imam, no, right? You're, you're, doing, you're, following, you're not doing your own prayer, yeah. Exactly. But, I mean, you still have to wait for your food to get ready right. anyway. And they, they would make sure that the food would be served, like, in about the, the time that you it would take you to come back from the mosque right. anyway. And the, tr- the is trick that is funny that thing where... you, need to, you need to grab the imam with you and make sure that he orders some food too. <laughs> <laughs> so I speeds things up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I um I just remember, I think I don't remember. I think back in the days my dad would pray before before Mehrab would be called, or like right after Mehrab would be called, and it would always be the fastest prayer. <laughs> <laughs> it does go so speedy. Yes. Um because you could you can very strongly vary the length of prayer, right? Yeah. Uh, in, in Islam, you can you can choose to do a very long one. You can choose to do a very short one, but the shortest surahs would always come out <laughs> when food was about to happen. Um, and yep. I, I will say that was not just my dad. Everybody I met would do yeah. the same thing. God, 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 sure. charge. Right. <laughs> right. It's like you know, you you would you would normally you would hear like uh, Surah Al-Baqarah or like you know these very long, very important surahs. Yeah. And then for Ramadan, you'd have like Al Kafrun and that's it. It's like most six sentences. Yeah, because a prayer can vary. Like you can, like you said, you can a prayer can go for like two minutes or it can go for forty-five minutes depending on right. <laughs> well, in, in, Ramadan, in Ramadan, in mosques, what they would always do uh, as well is at night they would read uh, the full Quran, right? Yes. Split exactly. across Ramadan. Yes. Uh, so they would. There, there's these these additional prayers, effectively, uh, that people do where they're reading through the entire Quran uh, night overnight, and it starts with Surah Al-Baqarah, the, the first one in the. Yes. The, the, well, yeah, the first surah on the Quran, technically the second surah on the Quran, I guess, but mm-hmm. the, longest, the longest one. Yes. Um, and then as they go, they would go through more and more of the Quran until uh, at the end of Ramadan, they reach the uh, they reach the end. I was about to say, it's because like, you know, the last 10 days of Ramadan is the, you know, one of the nights is the night of uh, destiny, Laylatul Qadr, right? Yes, Laylatul Qadr. And, uh, and nobody knows uh, which night it is. So, you know, to be safe, you should you know pray as much as possible in the last 10 uh, Right. Ten nights of Ramadan, because exactly. if you hit the right night and you like you, you end up like you know praying properly in the la, in the in the destiny night, it's it's better than like one thousand months of prayer or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. I, I exactly. Fishar, exactly that. Mm. Uh, yeah. That that's a fast because the the reason Ramadan is special. The the belief is that it was the month in which the Quran was exactly. first revealed. It became holy. Exactly. Um, and that's where the um, the that's where the importance comes from. But mm. the idea of Laylatul Qadr is that we don't exactly know what day of Ramadan the Quran was first revealed mm-hmm. to the Prophet Muhammad. Exactly. Because we don't know, people just sort of pray throughout all those days. Well, the the common understanding is it was one of the odd one of the odd nights of the yes. last ten days of Ramadan. Yes. Yeah, I think. And yeah. most likely, has on the it, last night, yeah, uh, night twenty seven is like the most likely. Yeah. 
yeah, uh, like 25, 27, or 29, most likely 27. Yes. Exactly. Right. But to be safe, you know, just, you know, pray your heart out in the past 10, uh, last 10 nights. <laughs> <Yeah. Exactly. laughs> and hope for the best. I, I actually feel like from a, from a cultural perspective, it creates this really interesting tempo to Ramadan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. You sort of start with the first 10 days where everybody still has a little bit of energy and it's like, you know, you're you're kind of getting used to Ramadan. There's like the festivity is still kind of new. The like hanging out with people is still there. In the second ten days, it's just kind of happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, nothing special really happens. Nothing important is happening. You're just doing the fast. You wake up in the morning. You eat your food. You do the fast, and then at the end of the day, you eat your food. And then it's sort of turned into a tempo. Your body kind of adjusts it. You've probably gained some weight because now you're eating all this food and then going to bed immediately. <laughs> Everybody always asks, like Rami, do you don't don't you lose weight if you fast all day? I'm like, no, no, no. I get, okay. I gain. I well, lose I gain weight every Ramadan. I I'm, I'm the, I am the only one who does. I but I I know I speak to a lot of different people. I lose weight every Ramadan. I lose between ten and fifteen pounds. It's mostly water weight because I gain it all back right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm generally usually always drinking all the time. Like you always see me with a tea, a coffee, right. a glass of water, and in Ramadan all that stops. And yes, I I eat like a lot but i eat a lot all year round so <laughs> that's the biggest change that happens is is the the water but it's true most people gain weight i'm the exception no yeah no i i gain weight at the end of ramadan and then the worst thing is at the end of ramadan comes Eid. yeah where we just you know so ramadan ends with Eid, which is uh Eid al-fitr Eid is just like food uh at that point you just gain more weight so you yeah. do all of this ramadan and then you gain weight, except for Osama. <laughs> I'm sure there are others out there who lose weight too. I think it, I think it's I think it's literally just you. I've never I've never met anybody, never in my entire life, never met anybody who said like, "Oh yeah, Ramadan, that's such a good way to lose weight." But yeah, so you know, Ramadan throughout really comes with just a, just a lot. Just there's there's so much, and then the last ten days are kind of built around little little God. Um, where uh, this 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 night of destiny, effectively, uh, where this this sort of new thing, is, well, it's not a new thing, but like this this additional thing to Ramadan sort of ends, and then it's also going towards the end of Ramadan, so the energy kind of like kicks up again. Yep. You, know that, so- that, you know what that reminds me of, actually. Um, it reminds me of a Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> it kind of str- starts off strong and you see a lot of backers and then there's that <laughs> that's sort of just like there but nothing's happening and then it kicks up again right. at the end i guess i guess it's it's uh, yeah okay <laughs> i've never thought of that before but now that you put it that way <laughs> I see it. I see it. We're, we're getting a um, bit of insight into, like, you know, how Osama mind works. So that you know, how he comes right. up with those transitions. Now you see why. You see yeah, the connections where no one else does. Well, <laughs> well, I guess maybe talking about Kickstarter is a good time to transition back into games because <laughs> we were. I guess we we're supposed to start with that. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. I mean it. I mean, it's Ramadan. It's like, Ramadan. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like, well, Rami has destiny nights all year long. So <laughs> Ramadan <laughs> is just more of that, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so actually, I have two uh, things to talk about, um, uh, two games to talk about. The first is the new Odd World that came out. Um, I It came out on PS Plus. I give it a try. I love 
Oddworld. I played the original Oddworlds. Um, the I can't. Why can I not remember their names? Abe's Odyssey and Abe's Exodus. Is that Exodus? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I yes. think so. Yeah. I love them to death. They were really, really good. Then I tried to play one of them more recently, and although, like, I still had the nostalgia of it, um, it was clunky. Like, you know, when you try to play an old game, uh, and then you, you notice that games have evolved as an art in a lot of different ways, and some old games, um, they, they haven't, like, you know, they didn't age all that well. So Abe's Odyssey, the charm, uh, and Abe's Exodus, the charm of it was still good, but, like, the platforming was a little clunky in a similar way that the old Prince of Persia's were. In a similar way that Earthworm Jim is still a gorgeous game, but, like, you know, the collision detection is not great, that kind of thing. Uh, the new Odd World, um, Soulstorm, is that what Soulstorm. it's called? Soulstorm. Yes, yeah, Soulstorm. Yes. It feels the way I remember the old Odd Worlds were. Like it actually feels really good, but it, it's but if you compare it to the old one, it, it's actually it plays much 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 better, and it has a lot of of the the charm of of before. And I loved uh, the puzzles. Uh, I think they nailed it. In my opinion, I think they did a good job. Like they actually found a way to make a new game that feels nostalgic to those who played the old game uh it has way fewer fart jokes and you know things like that that the dark <laughs> has well welcomed out uh but it has all the the nice puzzleness to it it still had uh, it had a pretty good production value it had cinematics that were actually pretty good looking i liked it i liked it a lot i'm looking forward to continuing to play it i played it for a few hours and uh so far it, it's kept my interest. I like it a lot. Does it still um, have like the you know the the dark tones that the original platformers yes. had? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's still dark. It's it's a little lighter, I would say, color palette wise. Uh, but in terms of uh, it's bloody, it's gory. Things are going to explode. There's going to be body. Uh, subject it's matter not- was kind of grim, right? Like with all like uh, I think in like the first couple of games, you were trying to free uh, your other like you know species mates. From slavery, yes. basically. Yes. And, right. and this one, like right at the beginning, uh, is that you, the vast majority of your alien race is is still enslaved and only a small group are, are free, the ones that you saved in the Exodus. Uh, uh-huh. But they found, out, they found out where you are. So you're under attack. And it starts off like in a grim way where you're seeing your, your fellow uh, alien species being like, you know, devoured and eaten and killed and destroyed so it's it's still it's still grim but there's i haven't finished it so i don't know yet uh if it has a happy ending but i believe it does because there's a lot of prophecy and you are the one who will who will free everyone that happens in the cinematics so i feel like it's gonna end well who knows we'll see (laughs) that was the the first game i played um i enjoyed Mm -hmm. it i i I recommend it playstation plus you mentioned yes Yes, it's free on PlayStation Plus um, um, uh, for PS5. I don't know if it's uh, free if you have it on PS4. I'm, PlayStation Plus is split now, so I can never. I don't know which games are which anymore, uh, since on PlayStation Five you can play both. But yeah, it's on PlayStation Plus. Nice. Um, the other game I played is called Good Looking Home Cooking, and um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually a a visual novel. It's about uh, two friends, one who's a Pakistani Muslim and the other is um, Korean, and they start a food truck together. 
Um, and the game is actually really nice. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's an emotional story. It's it took some surprising twists, uh, but the representation of the Muslim character surprised me. Like it felt incredibly well researched. Um, right. The game I had access uh, like uh, by the time this airs, the game would would have uh, launched in Ramadan, like on the day of Ramadan. The, it uh, the food court that they're opening, they're starting to open it like narratively in the game on the uh, the first day of Ramadan. Uh, so it's very Ramadan themed, and that's why I chose to <laughs> to play it. So by the time right. this comes out, you can actually go and buy the game. I had I, I had the privilege of having an early copy because. Uh, uh, I really wanted to play this game beforehand. I was really intrigued by it. Um, I like it. If you like representation, and not only Muslim representation, representation of all kinds, if you want to see how representation is done right, you could see it. But it also has a lot of like um, interesting things that they did narratively. Uh, it's emotional. Like the, at one point, um, honestly, it almost brought me to tears. It was really like heartfelt and emotional. Um, I highly recommend it. You could get it on itch.io. Um, I guess we'll share the link after because it's too long to, to it's teamtoadhouse.hio. You can also find it at uh, teamtoadhouse.com. Yes. I think. So. Yes. So those are my two games. How about you, Fozzy? What did you do this week? I played uh, a very fun game. So first of all, full uh, 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 full disclosure, uh, the developer that made this game, they're good friends of mine in Stockholm. Um, they're, they're called Landfall Games. Mm-hmm. And in April 1st, they just for some reason decided to release a bunch of games they're working on all in the same day. They call it like the April Fool's Day. I think they launched <laughs> like four games in the same day. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's bonkers. It was kind of fun, kind of like um, seeing them um, <laughs> hit the hit the hit launch and like send the games out into the ether, like follow their their streams and stuff. So it's pretty cool. Um, one of the games that they've launched is also a game I kind of had a had a go at uh, during development. Uh, it's called Rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got it for like five bucks on Steam, um, so it's uh, cheap, cheap to get as well. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a you know fun looking uh, combat game. It's a one on one game, two D, in which you're playing mm. with like a stick figure style character, um, like a, like a ball with a gun <laughs> and two feet, and you're playing in like smash like levels. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, like uh, Super Smash Bros. And like um, those levels have like physical elements to them. And then like you, you play like, you know, 1v1 and it's like um, best out of, let's say, five rounds. Um, and you just want to shoot each other to death, right? Um, if one <laughs> of the, once one of the, one of the other, one, one is dead in that round, the loser gets to choose uh, an ability. Uh, like there's five cards that get presented to you and you get to choose the ability of that card. And as you, as you add more cards to your character, those abilities stack. <laughs> so at the end of the five rounds, um, you can you basically create a build. And uh, the yeah. combination of the different builds that your character can get it just makes the game uh, all the more wacky bonkers. and fun. <laughs> yeah, just bonkers. So like um, a yeah. lot of those, like some of those builds can just, you know, go, completely go out of control <laughs> and like become imbalanced. Or like I'm, I'm um, looking at it now and I'm actually, I really like the twist of, of the choosing the ability for the loser to like kind of um, yeah, even the perfect. playing field. 
it's a perfect uh, feedback loop, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really, really is good. Otherwise, it feels a lot like Stick Fight, which I really enjoyed. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think they also launched that on Switch on the same day or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so many launches, hard for me to keep track of everything um, they, they've launched. But like this one game in particular, I was like uh, quite a fan of while they were developing. It's just it's just a lot of oh, like, they fun. are the developers of Stick Fight. Oh, yeah, yes. they, they made Stick Fight. Yeah, yes. they made yeah, Stick I didn't Fight. Realize that. They made Stick Fight, they made uh, Totally Accurate Battle Simulator and a bunch of other games. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I played a bunch of rounds. It's fun. It, it looks really fun. The it art the art, is, the art is very fun as well. Very simple, but uh, really evocative. Uh, it, they also got the, they also really get the feedback, right? Like the yeah. sense of like shooting things and the sense of like winning yeah. is really satisfying. Winning against somebody who has a bunch of upgrades is like jump out of your couch and yell at them yeah. happiness exactly it is, it is totally that like you know you, you start to feel oh there's no way i can turn this game around and then you know lo and behold you can and that's like a really good feeling and then like right. the, that person and then um, you know you get to put together um, a combo <laughs> to pull that right. and like you know the uh there's a joy in discovery um can i what happens if i put this and this together and then like see what happens and then like <laughs> the results are very interesting <laughs> sometimes like you know like uh, there's uh, i think there's like one uh, one ability in which like uh, you, uh, your bullets become time bombs and then they explode after some time so sometimes you can put an ability that ends up blowing you up another game that does that is outriders which i've been playing over the last week mm-hmm. and i think very similarly the upgrade system I don't think they care to balance it that much. I've, I've been playing it a lot, and I think one of the things I've liked about it most, the two, the two things I've liked about it most, is that they have this mod system that is really well done and this world-level system that is very well done. And I talked a bit about my, my initial impressions of the game last week, but but this week the these two things really stood out to me. The mod system is probably the most fun mod system I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. All of the abilities are somewhat ridiculous uh, from like... There are bullet. There's a mod that you can put on any weapon that you have that will make it so that if an enemy has a vulnerability, so a debuff, and you hit them with that weapon, the debuff jumps to any enemy that is within five meters of them. Wow! And that's ridiculous. That makes no sense. Yeah. Right. That's, that is that is so easy to abuse. <laughs> that is extremely easy to abuse and extremely <laughs> aggressive. And that's the point, yeah. right? And those like are the it. level one mods. The wow. level two mods are things like. If you shoot an enemy, they explode into a sh- bone shrapnel and like hit other enemies, or bullets go through enemies up to like this amount of time, or uh, freezing the enemies that you've hit with a bullet when you reload the weapon. Um, like the mods go really, really intense. And some of them are very like, um, you know, you've got the the um, the armor mods are very ability focused. So if you do this ability, then that. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the a lot of the weapon mods get really, really silly in really good ways. Honestly, the armor mods do too. And it doesn't feel like they aim to balance. I think it feels like they balanced it. If they balanced it, they balanced it for imbalance, right? Mm-hmm. Not all builds are equally good. Not all builds are equally bad. Like some builds are just good. They're just ridiculous. They're over the top and finding those is fun. Mm-hmm. Um I'm okay with that. Like any game, right, it's, me too. it's not PvP, it's PvE. So let people like, you know, explore and 
You I, don't have to put as much focus on on balancing things in that. Situation. I would probably also enjoy it in PvP as long as it was not like a main consideration. I hadn't played it with friends yet, and playing it with friends, this hyper aggressive game where you're just running into giant groups of enemies and everybody has superpowers <laughs> that heal them if they are aggressive. You get held back if you kill enemies. Yeah. Um, with most of the classes, just running in with a group of three people and just like. You know, people are flying over the battlefield into a giant group of enemies and then just like explosions of blood happen in the distance. It's really silly. The writing is abysmal. It's so bad. <laughs> yes, it's but really bad. The, the game is so fun. It's so fun. It's like I'm slightly angry at how much fun it is. That's how fun it is. Um, Explain. Why would you be angry? <laughs> I, don't you have that thing? That, like everybody has their way of responding to something that's too good. Yeah. My response to something that's too good is I get angry. I don't know why I get angry. I'm like, what is this? Now I can't play anything like this again without thinking, well, it's not as good as that. Oh, you know? I, see your point, I, have that, I have that with food. I was in a restaurant once and I had a, I had a bite. And it was so good. And, and the waiter walked by and they're just like, do you like it? And I'm like, I'm angry at how good this is. And the waiter just kind of looked at me and were like, okay, sir, enjoy the meal. But it was really good. Like, I don't know. That's that's the thing I do is when, when food is really good, it's, I get, I get angry. it. Because when it makes really everything good, else bad in comparison. Right. No, I get that. It's not like rage angry. It's just like, ugh. <laughs> huh. How can how can this be that good? Outriders does that with a lot of the um, with a lot of the game feel of it, right? Like you're just running around and having fun. There's nothing smart about the game. Uh, it doesn't try to be smart. It just tries to be fun, and generally it does that. Um, the other thing is the world level system, which the basic version is that it's a sliding difficulty level. Yeah, that you unlock as you progress. So you start at level one, and then you kind of have this experience bar at the top of the screen. And if you if you defeat enemies, if you progress quests or goals your world level goes up and with the world level going up you get a bunch of rewards but now you can set the game to that world level and the basic idea of a world level really is it's a difficulty increase and a, a loot amplifier that's it, it. Is, do you know if it's unique to uh, the person who's who, when you said it or is it unique to the party it's 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 to the party okay okay um but you can have you can have a level 20 player character and uh, go on a party with somebody and set the world level to like four where the the person who is level 20 can handle it still easily and the new player can't really mm. and still make good loot happen for the player who's at level one so it's actually really helpful in boosting each other mm. um, at least that's the feeling i'm having right now uh, but the, the fun thing about it is you can really kind of tweak this game to your specific taste so i like i like that this game reminds of gears of war a little we talked about that last week as well yeah um, so like sort of like the strategic, like figuring things out, figuring out how to flank, figuring out what the weak parts of an enemy like uh, configuration are. Mm -hmm. So I have it set pretty high. I have it set to seven or eight, which to wow. me feels high. Yeah. And I'm having a blast. I, I'm it's at three, but I didn't play that much. But I'm, I, I set it to three and I struggled with, on the first boss with three. Took me a while to beat him. And I'm quite yeah, happy. Uh, I'm very happy for Outriders. Uh, like I think it's a very, too. very good example of like a company choosing a perfect release date. Uh, yeah. Whether they chose right. it or not, but like they picked the perfect window. Really, like I don't think they would have gotten that same level of attention if they picked another window. And yeah. uh, right. 
like uh, good and good for them. Like you know, they made a really yeah. good game, and uh, I'm happy that it's getting the attention it deserves. You know, I'm just happy that it's so clear from from the design. Like you can tell that really early on, the design decision was made that fun is at the top of this. Like yeah. this ridiculous sense of being overpowered is at the top of this, and even in the more troublesome boss fights, even in the parts that are a little harder, you can still feel that you're supposed to be the powerful one. Yeah. Right. There's one or two fights where I'm like, yeah, I did. These weren't necessary. But most of the game is like, you have fun. You go in. You 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 own this battlefield, and you know, see what happens. And I like that that stayed very consistent throughout the game. So it's also just very focused design, which I'm always a, uh, you know, I admire that. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. awesome. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. Not much more. Normally we would transition into our topic now. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, this is a good time to end it, I guess, since we already did our topic. How about that? All right. I uh, I think by now, let's see, this will be out Friday on uh, noon. So there's going to be, for me, it's going to be six more hours. No, eight more, uh, eight and a half more hours until food. Yeah. What What is your, what are your, what are your times, Osama? Oh, that, it'll be morning for me. So I'll just have started fasting. Oh, yeah. well, don't listen to this because I can tell you, we started with a lot of talk about food. <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to it at night, I guess. Everyone okay. in North America should probably just wait. But by the time they get the message to wait, they would have already listened to the podcast. So it's still You know, I'm I'm in huge favor of time paradoxes. So <laughs> I love we it. Should, we right. should put it put it in the notes like, you know, um if you're fasting, yeah. <laughs> proceed proceed with caution. There's food, food discussion. <laughs> I love it. A Ramadan warning. A Ramadan warning. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Salam alaikum and Ramadan Kareem. Salam. Salam. That was the Habibi's podcast for this week. I'm Osama Dorias, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Osama Dorias. My fellow Habibis were Rami Ismail. You can find on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami. And Fauzi Mesmar, who you can find on Twitter at Fauzi Mesmar. Send us your questions, stories, suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubeda, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea, with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening and salam alaikum.